Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. You hear me okay? Hey, welcome back here, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. What a day we've had at Sawgrass Country Club. And I've been saying I want to come over here during this day for the last few years. And, well, here we are. And our friend Paul Tesori and his wife Michelle put this all-star kids clinic on. They do an unbelievable job. We'll talk about it coming up. But they also are kind enough to have Webb Simpson stop by, Brittany Lincecum, Bubba Watson, along the way here today on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Of course, you can always go back and listen to the podcast if you missed any of it. It's called Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 podcast. Pretty original right there. Paul, what's up, man? Congratulations yeah. on another awesome day. Wow, yeah, Brent, thanks for having me on, buddy. What a special day this is. Um, it, almost a year to the day uh, when kind of the world stood still. Uh, it would have been tomorrow would have made a year, obviously, when we got the news. Uh, tonight we would have gotten the news from the NBA that they had shut it down, and very quickly all the dominoes fell. So to be back here in Ponte Vedra, to be at the Players' Championship, we got fans back on that side of the golf course and on this side of A1A. We've got um, the kids back participating in our All-Star Kids Clinic, and we got all the smiles, all the laugh, all the joy. Uh, it's back, and it's good to be a part of. You guys had some big momentum with this portion of it. Uh, let's not talk about the golf right now, but with the kids and with your mission and what you're doing to help kids. And then, obviously, the pandemic even slows things like that down. Charities all over the place, yeah. dollars-wise, visibility-wise. But, man, you can see it out here again today. It's like people can't wait for this as well. Even guys like Bubba and Brittany and Webb coming out here and being around folks. Yeah, it's just been tremendous, like you said. I mean, I'm watching just over your shoulder right now. we got a whole line of kids coming up as they're changing from the short game over to the putting and then over the driving range, and they're skipping, they're having fun, they're laughing. And this is kind of what we've missed all along is to watch this amount of joy because, you know, when we're on the other side of the street playing golf, if we hit a bad shot, we both get a little grumpy. Where these kids, they hit a bad one, they couldn't care less, but the good one, you're going to hear about it. There's going to be a celebration afterwards. And so, uh, you know, when COVID kind of slowed everything down, we were slated to have 22 of these all-star kids clinics throughout the PGA Tour season. Um, it's something, obviously, with my son Isaiah having Down syndrome and golf being so good to me, we were so passionate about getting it everywhere that we could, just introduce the game to the kids, and also giving mom and dad a little bit of a break and celebrating uh, the children for a little while. And it put a big um, a big stop to everything that we were trying to do. I think we're going to start gaining momentum again. Um, we've had a couple of tournaments reach out and saying, hey, let us know how it goes. How was it? being able to socially distance. The tour wanted us to be really careful, um, and that's why Brittany really stepped up to the plate and told us a few weeks ago that she would come host. And then Weber and Bubba today saying, I don't care really what they say. We're going to show up. We're going to socially distance. They have to be careful with the protocols with the tour, but they're going to socially They just wanted to come out and support us, but even more so support the kids. And this is the kind of thing that we're seeing more and more on the PGA Tour. Other players and caddies coming up to me and saying, hey, we want to be there this year. When I told them no, they were mad. When I told Bubba when he first asked to come out, uh, I told him no. He got mad. He called Michelle, my wife. And then, of course, <laughs> Michelle's like, hey, 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 baby, did Bubba really ask to come out and you told him no? You probably should rethink that one a little bit. And so I did. And they had a good time giving me a hard time about it. But, awesome. yeah, just really precious them being out and celebrating with us. Isaiah, obviously the inspiration. Uh, you're a little guy, and he's so awesome, and he's a superstar around here and really just about everywhere <laughs> in your home. I know he is. Yeah. Uh, but did you ever imagine – you know, him, the inspiration, yeah. and uh, kind of the love of you guys' <laughs> life being extending the platform now and kind of the collaboration of all your worlds. 
going into something like this. I really didn't. Never saw it. You know, when you first get the diagnosis of your child has Down syndrome, there's a lot of emotions that go through. There's a little heartbreak at first and concern, fear, all these other things. But as you start to progress and learn more and more and the personality starts to come out, you realize at first, nope, I'll take him just the way he is. I'm not trading him in. If God gave me an opportunity tomorrow to take away that extra chromosome that he has, I'd say, no, thank you. I'll take him just the way it is. Isaiah will have some different challenges, but we all have challenges in life that we do. And his will look a little bit different, but he's not going to be challenged for joy. He's not going to be challenged for happiness. He's going to have those things already naturally given to him. And because of that, he's kept this 49-year-old young. He's already taught me so much. I get mad when somebody's slowing me up in the left-hand lane on JTB. You know, just get out of my way. I'm getting mad. And he'll have people poking and prodding him and uh, going to therapy still three days a week. And he just approaches everything with a little bit of thankfulness and joy the way I probably need to be. Um, and, you know, when we won here in 2018 with that big league going into Sunday, but there was a nervous last round, and I thought about Isaiah several times because I knew he would just tap me and go, what are you worried about? It, it's fine. It'll be fine no matter what happens. And, you know, it's those kind of precious moments. And now he's bridged that gap, like you said, and the family atmosphere that we have on the PGA Tour has come through, and I really think it's because of that extra chromosome, Down syndrome, that Isaiah carries. And Bubba and Weber started a trust for him when he was very, very young. And, you know, when I first got back, after missing the West Coast, um, I had more uh, men coming up with big, long hugs uh, telling me that they loved me and they were praying for me. And you don't get that many other places than you do in sport. Yeah, good, good mommy and daddy as well. Uh, is this the vision? Is yeah. there a bigger vision of, of do you even know what a what great that question like? what a great question so yeah it, the vision is this expanding this is kind of now our flagship event but um, Michelle started uh, what we call um, the uh, buddy basket program which is where a family has a child with Down syndrome well instead of paraphernalia about the struggles that you're going to have we just give them a big bu- a big basket worth about twenty five hundred dollars it's got gift cards to restaurants it's got a nice bottle of wine it's got uh, monster energy drinks which I use coming up we got good coffee in there, just everything we can to remind them to really take a second and celebrate the birth of your child. There's going to be struggles, yeah, there are going to be things you need to worry about, but celebrate the fact that you just had a child, and he's perfect, perfectly and wonderfully made in God's image, and so we tried to do that. Isaiah Smile is one of my favorite events. We partner with the St. Augustine Homeless Coalition, and we do Christmas for 100 families, for mom, dad, and all the kids. We meet at Kohl's, we blow out the store at about 9 a.m. the second week of December, we buy all the gifts for the family, and we wrap them all in store and then deliver them. So things like that are really passionate in what we're trying to do. And we uh, also do uh, a lot of stuff with um, the senior center close by. We do it at Ponte Vedra. It used to be called Ponte Vedra um, uh, Center for what am I trying to say? Uh, my brains haven't. They've changed the name on me right when I had it. Uh, but for, you know, you. Web, yeah, Webb's dad passed away from Lewy body dementia, and they focus on dementia and Alzheimer's. And so we try to go there, and we, we do Easter there. We do Halloween there. We do Christmas there, sing carols, just try to come back and celebrate, um, you know, our older community a little bit. Yeah, so all the small things we can, we just want to do a little bit more each year if we can. Yeah, and well, what a way to give back to this area because you're, you're a hometown guy, man. I mean, you love this tournament. You love this yeah, area. The first time I walked. Walked in a tour event right here in 1977 as a five-year-old watching Mark Hayes win the TPC here on these grounds. So you yeah. saw that? You were here. I saw that. I was here at five years old. And for the longest time, people would ask, who's your favorite golfer? Trevino, Nicholas, Palmer, Watts. Mark Hayes, best golfer in the world. He won here in 77. <laughs> in fact, now the new clubhouse that we're looking at behind our back here at Sawgrass Country Club, they have a little shrine to Mark Hayes back there because he was the first winner. That's awesome. How do you feel about your team, you yeah. and Webb? If, if you would have interviewed me two days ago, I would have said, man, I'm a little 
little nervous about where we are right now. We had uh, some some struggles ball striking, but at each day it's gotten a little bit better. We found a huge key yesterday afternoon and played the front this morning. Had a good uh, nine holes with uh, who did we play with with Bubba, Ricky Fowler, um, and uh, my goodness, Corey Connors. A great little battle, a little two on two best ball battle. We fell short on that one, but we found something. Had a really good last six holes and then a great session after. So again, it's a golf course that really kind of takes away the distance advantage where that's only Webb's weakness is distance and we're able to hit it in the fairway here it's going to show so I expect a good week. I said to Webb when we had him on there's a calm about him a confidence ever since he won now that might have come even before that but for me yeah. looking at him it just feels like confident is is this do you sense that first of all but is also this ride the last few years you know starting with the players and again maybe it started a little bit before it did. that. Is this like as much fun in a three, four-year window as you've like ever had? Well, for sure. So when I first started working with Weber in 2011, very quickly he went from 213 in the world to 10, won twice, won the U.S. Open the next year. So we had a very quick rise. But then we had that three-year stretch where obviously the putter ban, we struggled. So coming back from that, this has felt very different in a good way. There's been more joy we've taken out of it, more thankfulness taken out of it. And it was here in 2017 when Tim Clark gave him that right-handed saw grip. And that is really what kind of turned things in a hurry was when he put the saw grip on overnight he went from being 192nd on tour to being a top 10 putter overnight and then a year later obviously to win the players going away it was our first win in four and a half years and there is a calm about him now he's 35 years old got five kids 10 and under <laughs> lost his father a few years ago and i think ever since he lost his father i've seen a different web a little bit more strong web a little more strength and he kind of took on i think some of his dad's strength after that that was a hard watching somebody go through dementia it is just such a an awful disease. One day, hopefully, we'll find a cure. But since he came out of that, he's confident. He is sure of himself. He is calm. And each week that he goes into it, I know we have a chance to win, which is rare in this day and age with him being one of the shorter hitters to still have a chance. And when we tee it up at a place like this and Hilton Head, we know if we play our game, we're going to have a chance on Sunday. That's awesome. Hope you guys play well. Speaking of 7:40 tee time, what do you do tonight? Yeah. Are you in bed at 9? I mean, yes, well, I'm old, 49 now, so 9 o'clock started. You know, I'm kind of that senior special, 5.30 now, showing up at my doors across the street or wherever I am. But, yeah, so I'll go to bed pretty early tonight. Him and I will go through the pens already for tomorrow. We'll go through the wind already tomorrow. We'll do all that work tonight so in the morning we can grab an extra 15 minutes of sleep to not have to do our homework. We'll talk tonight. I'll get to bed. I'll sleep well. Um, I'll be at the course by 6. He'll be at the course by 5.30. Um, and so it'll be an early morning. I've always kind of liked these early lates this week. The year we won, we went early late as well. Might have been even the same tee time, 7.40 and 1. So a great pairing with Rory and Sergio tomorrow, guys that we're familiar with who have world-class caddies. We know what we got. So excited. To be honest with you, it's a stressful week going into kind of today and getting this done with making sure the kids are safe. Coming tomorrow, it's kind of my little neck of the woods where I'm excited to get back and compete. That's awesome. Awesome, man. Go get it done. Paul Tesori, you're the best, man. Yeah, Brent, thanks for having me on, buddy. I love the show, and thanks for having me. Thanks, uh, Michelle, Isaiah, Paul, uh, salt of the earth, folks, and doing a great job. Good luck with this, and it's a great day out here. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. All right, that's Paul Tesori. He'll get it done, 740 tomorrow with Webb Simpson. We're going to roll right into, speaking of giving back, like Paul's doing, and and the family with the foundation, we're going to bring in Nick Morrow. Uh, from the University of North Florida, associate athletic director. And it's giving back day for the Ospreys as well. Nick, what's happening, man? Well, I got a special guest with me first, though. You want to say hi? Oh. We broke the record before <laughs> noon, and then we decided to rise it up. We tried to get six digits today. <laughs> How about that? How close are you? I know one thing. 
were a whole lot closer than my golf score. That's for sure. Thank God our women's team and our men's team in golf are, are top 25 in the country. Our women's team's rolling in three championships already this year. I tell you what, what this university and athletics in particular has done for this community and the way in which our student-athletes are in, evolved and, and, and actually immersed in our community, giving day is awesome. guy the other day said he was in Publix, had on an uh, Osprey shirt. The girl put, put his bag groceries in, said, I'm a student. guy behind him pulled up a sweatshirt and said, had a bird to trade. So it's awesome. I got to go. It's great to hear you. Dude, what's the question? Who do you think's going to you want me to tell you the winner? Yeah, give us some winner. Oh, hey, hey, what does DraftKings say? Give us the winner, but hold on. Before we do it, stay on for one more second. I think you said something about the arena today on social media as you were kind of promoting Giving Day. I, I asked this of Scott Schroeder yesterday. If you get uh, a good sum of money, what are you doing with the dollars, Coach uh, Matthew Driscoll? By the I, way, yeah, I, I think one of the first things is, is there's a huge hospitality uh, section that's going in, which is going to be incredible, not just for men's, women's basketball and volleyball like the scoreboard was, but also, too, from a donor's perspective, from a president's uh, perspective, and, and then people that come into the arena. You know, there's always the traffic that comes through the arena. So that's first and foremost as we move forward from the arena. And then you look at locker rooms. Uh, we're going to enhance both locker rooms. And then we need a, a weight room. And then, of course, with a weight room will come a training room. So it's kind of in that fold and kind of how it's going to entwine, so to speak. And we're rolling. It's, it's been great, and it's been so good for people um, um, who want to give and, and for people that want to donate. So that's kind of the kind of where it's going. All right. It's good stuff. Matthew Driscoll. What does King say? Uh, I don't even know who the favorite is. Probably Dustin Johnson. Rory hey, Matthew. by the way, uh, isn't he a good um, NASCAR guy? Hey, by the way, um, <laughs> Um, you know, I saw your your Bortles thing and, and throwing and and like let's like just just get Lawrence and forget about it. Like let's just move down the road Absolutely. and worry about spending the other 189 million cap or 182 million cap we got. You know what I'm saying? I love it. Hey, you're going to join us in a couple of weeks during uh, the tournament? Yes, of course. And then lastly, on this one, I'm going to say because I got to eat lunch with him with Mr. Hate. By the way, one of our great donors and one of the great philanthropists in, in the city of Jacksonville. Go awesome to the zoo. Guy. You can see him all over there, his name. I, when I was with Mr. Haight, I got to eat lunch with, with Jordan Spieth. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I was jogging this morning, and it came to my mind at lunch. So I'm going with him. I like that. And he's been, yeah, he's been climbing leaderboards. Can he get over the top? That that would be a popular win, Coach. I like what you're saying there. Jordan Spieth. And, and he's already won one. And we know that guys can come back. You know, God, God bless Tiger. Keep working to get him healthy. And he's come back and won another one later. So I'm just telling you, just, just, I'm just, I'm just saying. All right, I'm going to go. <laughs> hey, Nick, did you ever think you'd even get to answer a question today here on the show on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690? <laughs> well, when he decided he was going to come on, I was like, man, i got to follow that energy level. I mean, you know me. I'm a little more even keel than Coach Driscoll, so I was nervous about that. Hey, give us an update. Givingday.unf.edu. We had Scott Schroeder on yesterday. I know it's a big day for you guys. Obviously, uh, Coach Driscoll just jumping in, men's basketball coach uh, at the University of North Florida. If you did not know, talks golf and football as well, though. How's it going? It's going great. It's uh, already exceeded expectations. Like Coach Driscoll said, we hit all of our goals for the day by noon today. 
we crushed all of our records from last year, which was a record-setting year, um, but we're not done yet. We've reset our goals, basically. We're trying to hit 500 donors and six figures. Uh, so right now we're 24 donors shy and about uh, 23 grand shy of that mark. Um, so we're, we're confident that uh, we're going to keep pushing and we're going to try and hit that number tonight. All right, givingday.unf.edu, 11.59 tonight. It ends, so uh, you'll be watching that all night long, right, Nick? Absolutely. Well, uh, we've got a little room set up, and we're monitoring, making calls, texts, and uh, we're just trying to get the community to rally around these this program and the student-athletes we have. We have a, it's, it's amazing in the two months that we've been back how much we've been able to accomplish with all of our programs up and down. Uh, women's basketball finished the highest they've ever had in D1 history in their program. Women's golf won three tournaments in a row. Uh, women's soccer is undefeated for the first time. Baseball beat nationally ranked FSU and Georgia already this season. So we've got a lot of things to be uh, excited about. All right, well, keep up the good work. Uh, finish off a big day. Thanks for jumping on here on ESPN 690. Well, thanks for having us, Brent. Take care. You got it. That's Nick Morrow and Coach Matthew Driscoll, givingday.unf.edu. Uh, you have until midnight tonight to help out the uh, programs here, uh, really the entire university uh, here in Jacksonville, University of North Florida. <laughs> All right, a little, a little adrenaline rush right there, Austin Lane. He's probably oh gone. Oh, it, it, yeah. <laughs> What's up? I'm here. <laughs> I, wish well, you, I wish you could have just saw how I had to finagle myself <laughs> back in my seat. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. Sorry. Now, listen, I, we got guys coming in and out uh, all yeah. over the place, but a fun show. Yeah. Um, included you. You're, like, you're more of a guest today on the show. No, no. You know, and that's fine. Uh, the the money's still the same. But, but my word, did you really need me to come in today, Brent? I feel like you got the show taken care of. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. You could come up completely empty. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. By the way, you remember a couple weeks ago uh, that y- I, you said, the talked about the Creekside kid uh, that was um, calling the baseball games. You saw me tweet that. Oh, and yeah, he was, yeah. He was like, give me one thing. And yep. we said during that day, we said, well, when Austin goes away to fight and misses the show, We'll have him on. Well, that's what we're doing tomorrow. I we like it, man. Noah's coming on the show tomorrow. He's going to co-host for a couple of hours. Yep. Well, hey, uh, Noah, don't do too good of a job now, okay? Because I still need to pay the bills as well. But enjoy all those endorsements that you're about to get because I'm sure he's <laughs> going to be a rock star. And maybe he can teach me something. <laughs> uh, possibility. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, uh, no, 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 that's awesome, though. Actually, um, uh, as you were doing the interview just with Coach Driscoll here, I, was, I looked back at your timeline. I saw... Uh, it must have been his mom that let him know the information on the yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, we surprised yeah. him, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a really cool moment, man. So good for him. Like I said, that kid's a hustler. He's a grinder. I respect the hustle, and, and good that you're giving him a chance tomorrow, Brent. Yeah, we'll have fun with that tomorrow. Uh, we'll be live at the Players' Championship, brought to you by Talent Wealth Management, of course. Hey, what's Dak uh, talk today? I honestly haven't seen a lot. I think it was happening kind of right around the time our show started, and it's been a little wild ride today here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I did see that he feels healthy. Yeah. Uh, they obviously know he's healthy, or they wouldn't have given him that kind of money. <laughs> I'd hope I mean, so. And, and, you know, what's interesting about that, this is how much they know he's healthy. $75 million guaranteed this year. I think that set a record, uh, or... I think that's what it was, 75. And so if it's – they know he's going to contribute right now. You wouldn't put all that money I, – I know contracts often are front-loaded that way, and, and every new contract, especially at the quarterback level, you want to set a record in doing something. I get it, but there's no way that you would set that kind of mark and put that money up front if you had hesitation that he would 
even be ready to go at the start of the season. No, Brent, that's what we call being pot committed. And when you're pot committed, you better believe that that guy is going to be healthy. So, yeah, I think it's all systems go for Dak Prescott. I didn't watch all of, you know, it was like a presser or kind of like an interview. I didn't watch a lot of it, but I did see the part, though, where he mentioned Alex Smith um, as a source of inspiration of, you know, trying to come back as fast as possible after what Alex Smith went through with his leg. Hey, Riley Reef released uh, by the Vikings, uh, offensive tackle, of course, $11 million. They clear in salary cap space. Uh, any interest? You know, he's been up and down. I, I saw John Bachman kind of take this, take us in this a little bit. Yeah, Iowa he, guy. He's an <laughs> Iowa guy. Um, what I know about him last year, though, he actually played pretty well. I think he allowed, like I'm looking up right now, he allowed only one sack last year, only had one penalty. So I, I like that a lot, and I'm not sure how many games he played in, but um, you know it, it, it depends on the price tag. And if we're talking about between Trent Williams and Riley Reef, um, if the the price tag is negotiable, I'm still probably rolling with Trent Williams over Riley Reef. Yeah, and does Reef is Reef on the left side? Is he on the left side? Right side? It's a great question. He might be on the right side. Uh, that's a lot either way. Either way, the Jags are – see, this is where I disagree with, uh, again, the Trent Williams stuff. I know you say they could still bring him in. I think the Jags are saying, hey, we don't know if these guys are great at the tackle spot. Yeah. But we think they can be very good, and we're invested in them being very good, and we're going to see it through for another year or more to see if they'll be very good. Whether that works out, whether they're wrong, well, we'll find out. But I certainly feel like – given what they've said, given their actions of the last 24 hours, that they're riding with Jawan Taylor and they're riding with Cam Robinson and they're keeping their fingers crossed that these guys are good. And without a doubt. And to answer your question, Brent, Riley Reef was a left tackle and he was a captain for the Minnesota Vikings as well. He did say on the left side exclusively? Okay. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, that, that adds another name to the mix, though, and I don't know if they expected that to be the case. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, no, for sure. And I'm looking at some articles right now. There was talks of him moving to guard, but I believe he finished up playing left tackle last year. So Okay. Hey, go. let's uh, hit the happy hour horn here in the 5 o'clock hour on a Wednesday. Taste the islands and every drop of Vida de Luis tequila. 100% blue agave from tequila, Mexico. Good vibes. Ah, taste the islands in every drop of Vita de Luis tequila, award-winning, smooth, all-natural, no aldehydes or additives, which means wake up feeling good the next morning. Find out where you can pick up a bottle of Vita de Luis, Blanco, Reposado, or Añejo. Just visit VitaDeLuis.com. Taste of the islands in every drop. We're going to take a break. We come back. We talk some more football. Spent a lot of golf in the last hour. Let's talk some football. Get back at it. What happened with Trent Balky today? What are the Jags going to do over the next week? It's such a critical time. Does the cap space mean a whole lot? They already had plenty of it. What kind of advantage does that give your Jacksonville Jaguars? Let's discuss it. Talk hey, about it. Hey, Brent, did, did you, you want got? me here for the next segment, or do you have some yeah. kind of like PJ Tour swing coach coming on to talk some swings and stances and stuff? I actually think I need you. Okay. I think okay. I'm out of gas. I'm here for you, man. I got you. Okay. Okay. Let's get to the gas station and let's recharge our batteries. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, we're not out of gas. Who are you kidding? <laughs> let's go all the way for another half hour here on a Wednesday. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, live from Sawgrass Country Club. Our Players Championship coverage brought to you by Talent Wealth Management. 
Austin Lane. The Rock, out of nowhere, buys the XFL during a pandemic, mind you, goes half in with his ex-wife. So now you're going to business with your ex-wife. Brent Martineau. I don't know if that's on the business advice list. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Trevor Lawrence is going to fix a lot of stuff that they need fixed in Jacksonville. So to your point, Matt, I understand the concept of what you're talking about. I understand why you would say that, but I'm with Boog as well. If you don't fix or have a line of scrimmage in the NFL, you ain't close to nothing. So depending on what they do in that level, in the trenches, is when I can determine how close Jacksonville is. They ain't close right now. Uh-oh. Who was that? Marcus Spears? Yep. <laughs> Unbelievable. like child's play here oh no way you, you know espn personalities <laughs> go keep i mean go figure <laughs> by the way uh, not even in my top good. 20 guesses for marcus spears sorry marcus <laughs> Is it, he, he's a former jaguar too right no he's not think, i don't think marcus then he spent some time in jacksonville I okay so. I, my bad i don't think so <laughs> i was way off i guess um I mean, you could be right, and I could be wrong. I don't think that's no, the case. No, 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 you're right. He played for the Cowboys and the, and the Ravens. For some All reason, right. I thought, maybe, uh, wait, wait. Did he have a cup of coffee with the champ? Hold on. Spears underwent, okay, 2006. In the season, oh, no, he got, wait, at the Jacksonville. He got hurt at the Jacksonville Jaguars, I guess. Record his only sack this season. So I mean, I that's like, oh, okay. All right, so he had his only sack of the season back in 2006 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So there you go. Did somebody really try to compare Trevor Lawrence to Blake Bortles today? Who? Did you see that? Uh, no. No. Where, what do you... What? What does that mean? No. What are you talking about? I'll tell you in a second. Uh, Why? Uh, Take away the, whatever social media account that was on right now. Let's let's go to Twitter and let's tell on them. Let's snitch on them right now. Uh, I'm going to get it for you. I tweeted it. It's one yeah. of a million tweets. I want today. a name so I can go to war here. So, Is it Bob McGinn? No, it's Benjamin Solak, uh, who at least shared this. I don't know Benjamin if he actually said. Solak. So here's what he says. Okay. Well, hang on. Can I have his Can I have his handle so I can go to war right now, please? Before you. Yeah. S O L A K. But again, I don't think he said this. I think oh. this is Tim just sharing the well, the information. Don't share it either. But go ahead. <laughs> don't share. It. He's guilty he by association. All right. So this. Part of whatever he's sharing says Lawrence went through an individual workout February 12th, four days before undergoing surgery to repair labrum damage and his non-throwing shoulder. Expected to be ready by mid-July. Quote, he is a great athlete and has a strong arm, a second scout said. Quote, the guy has a chance to be great, but you break him down game after game, he's not an accurate passer. Where he has problems is inside the numbers, inconsistent touch. Is he Josh Allen or Blake Bortles? Bortles was a big-time athlete, but he wasn't accurate. People were all excited about size and the way Bortles could run. The ACC is not a good league, okay? The only real competition they, Clemson, get every year is in the playoffs. He didn't play well. Even when they beat Ohio State, he beat them running, not passing. They totally shut the guy down. Who is this second scout and somebody fire him? Brent, who who said this? 
First, they, answer that question, please. Well, it's a second scout. Like, a no, scout said this. But I'm saying, who put this in an article? Like, who posted this and said, hey, subscribe to my whatever, because I think Blake Bortles is just like Trevor Lawrence. I saw the guy who tweeted it again. Did, have you found the guy's name? S-O-L-A-K. Benjamin Solak is the S- one that shared it. Okay. S-O-L-A-K. Okay. Um... I can't do yeah, anything okay. more from here. Okay, okay. Well, he's he's verified. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on, Wolf of Wall Street. You can't have a Twitter profile picture like that where you appear to be on a broken down yacht with those circular sunglasses. Like, uh, what was the, the movie with um, Michael Jackson? Where was it Dan, Dan DeVito was the bad guy and he had those circular glasses? Moonwalker. The, the bad guy from Moonwalker. You can't rock those glasses, man, and have an opinion. Now, with that being said, I'm, how, how, when, did, when did he say this? Again, this We're is going somebody, to war. A, a, it's he's quoting somebody. But who's he quoting, Brent? Can we This is called this is how reporting works in the NFL. It's a second scout. It's a source. It's an anonymous source. It's not gonna put somebody's not gonna put their name on it that says something like that. Brent, this and, could be a guy living in his mom's basement eating Cheetos for all I know. Like, we don't know who said could. this. But let's just rule out this, okay? I was a guy that died on the Blake Bortles Hill. Sure. Uh I like Blake, so I, I hesitate to just sit here and rip Blake. But if you're going to compare, you can stop after the first three feet of when each guy throws the football. Trevor Lawrence, watch how it comes out of his hand, and I'm a novice at this, people. Like, I'm not some QB expert. I don't hear the ball whistling by and know what that means. You can just watch and see the ball come out of a hand three feet later and then watch Bortles do it. And it's two different things. I mean, the big knock against Bortles, it, it's not that it, – his biggest knock wasn't even inaccuracy. His biggest knock was he wasn't a natural thrower of the football. And trying to get to be a natural thrower of the football or a good thrower of the football was difficult. He went out to California for years, tried to do it, tried to fix things. At times it would work. At times it wouldn't. But And, and that certainly contributed to some of the inaccuracy. But I mean, this is just like a ludicrous comp. It's just ridiculous, and I understand we all believe that. I just there are some things that you can say, and if you want to make the case and be like, all right, I'm going to be that guy like Chris Sims that says uh, Trevor Lawrence isn't isn't going to be as good as everybody says. He still might be good, but he's not as good as everybody says. If you're going to take that, listen, there's always got to be that side, and, and I've even wondered along in this process why there hasn't been more of that side because there's always that side, uh, but. That is totally different than saying Trevor Lawrence, who most people, like 98% of people, say is one of the best prospects to ever come out, and now trying to convince me that it could be a Blake Bortles comp, I mean, that guy shouldn't scout anymore, or he shouldn't talk anymore. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what to think of this. I don't know if it's even true or if this guy just pulled something out of his you-know-what. I, I have no idea. I have no idea what to make of this. There's no source on it, so, like, that doesn't help things. I just can't believe that my Jan Blahovitz story got put on the back burner for three days. But now we're breaking down articles of a guy I don't even know who wrote the thing. Brent, we have zero sources right now, and we're just going to go off of a whim with a guy that looks like the dude from Wolf of Wall Street, but like 10 years younger. I don't trust anybody in the situation right now. Uh, I guess not. Uh, let's talk about this instead. Cowboys have restructured the contracts for Zach Martin, Tyrone Smith, and Lyle Collins. Uh, roughly $17 million in cap room. Now, restructures can be fine. This isn't saying take a pay cut. We saw Christian McCaffrey do this as well uh, today with Carolina, who's trying to create some cap room ahead of free agency. Uh, just briefly, we talk about 
cuts and restructures and franchise tags. These are things players don't usually love to have conversations about Austin. But we're seeing a bunch of players willing to restructure. Yeah. Uh, is that just an easier thing to say yes to? In terms of taking a pay cut and restructuring? Well, pay cut and restructure can be two different things. Of course. Right? It's just about where you're getting your money and kind of putting it around um, what fits in the salary cap and, and what's going to be on the books for this year versus next year. And so there's a distinct difference between taking a pay cut and a restructure. But does restructuring at all or being asked to restructure, uh, does that rub players the wrong way? Because we just saw it now yeah. across the league today that, that there have at least been a handful and probably more that I even missed. Yes y- yes and no. Obviously, every restructured deal is different. Sometimes they load it on the top end and sometimes they load it on the back end. Now, obviously, if the, if the pay restructure is loaded on the on the front end, that means that you get paid up front. So the team is putting trust in you that you're still going to be playing football, you're still going to be training like you should be, and you're not going to slack off now that you got a lot of money. On the other side of the coin is when, when they pay you on the back end, and that means to tell you, like, okay, well, we got to take some money away, but if you're here in two or three years, then you make more money pending you're still here. So it actually makes you work harder. In terms of how do players feel about it, Every situation's different. I think if a player's been in an organization for a while and he understands what's at stake in terms of maybe sacrificing some of that money up front so that they can sign new guys to try to win a Super Bowl, they're all for that. But I think if it's a case like Andrew Norwell, who, you know, Urban Meyer, who's had some experience with in college, but he's coming in a new, new situation now and has a lot of coaches that never coached him before, that's different because now you're asking a guy to take a pay cut and you haven't coached him yet in the NFL. So it all depends on the situation and how long the guy's been vetted in the program. Yeah, by this time next week when you come back, well, by this time next week we'll know free agency has hit and we'll see a little bit of the impacts of all this restructuring and some of the cuts and also the fact that the Jag, the new cap space is 182. We know where it is. Trent Baalke said today he anticipated between 180 and 185. So the Jaguars know what they had to play with. This wasn't a stutter to them, and they've got plenty to play with. Uh, so as we kind of get off this topic, and uh, you're not here Thursday and Friday, when we talk in next week, I mean, do you expect some splashes from the Jacksonville Jaguars based on what they have and maybe their mentality going into this this next week? Yes. So, you know, the way free agency works is we're talking about the the high-value guys, the, the top dollar guys. Those are the first ones to get signed. And I think if we're talking about a John U. Smith, a Hunter Henry for sure at the tight end position, like they're they're going to be high-value tight ends, obviously, because they're the top two. I think you will see some splashes right away. Um, I think it would be smart to make splashes right away because then it gets everyone talking. And, and let's be honest, like optics isn't everything. But like I've said before, this is Urban Meyer's first year. You want to make a big splash. You want to get the city excited. You do that by signing some big free agents right away. We'll see what they do. We're just a few days away from it happening. Next week's going to be a big week around here and down at Jags headquarters for sure. Players' championship picks, a sleeper and a favorite to win. We got that coming up. And one more thought or two on Austin's fight on the horizon in a few days. That's coming up on Saturday, and it's talking about it next on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Live from Sawgrass Country Club, our Players' Championship coverage brought to you by Talent Wealth Management. At pick number 25 overall, we've spent months talking about what happens at one. We know what's going to happen at one. Let's move down to 25. And I look at someone who 
Urban Meyer should be very familiar with, a wide receiver from the University of Florida. That is Kadarius Toney, who can be used in so many versatile ways. I see him a lot like someone Urban had when he was the head coach of Florida, Percy Harvin. And I know Jacksonville has LaVisca Chenault, but Kadarius Toney can be that H receiver for Urban Meyer. That means you're going to see him in motion. There are going to be times where he motions back to the backfield, catches swing routes in the flats, makes plays in space. He's aware. He's tough. I know Kyle Pitts had a lot of touches, touchdowns from Kyle Trask last year, but Kadarius Tony was exceptional after the catch. He's not maybe the fastest guy in the open field, but, fellas, I think this roster is much, much closer than people realize if they can draft well in 2021. Say it again, Coos. That was NFL Live. I bet it's uh, – I, I don't know. I don't even think Coos knows who this is, but I'm going to guess it's uh, Field Yates. No, it wasn't him. It wasn't Yates? No, I'm not sure who it was, but he was he was a newer guy. I don't even know. It's on ESPN NFL Live. Oh, I got you. Good but yeah. And by the way, did he say Lavisca Shea Butter? What did he say? He said Shaynault. Shaynault. Okay, interesting. Listen, I'm not going to criticize the guy for mispronouncing pronouncing a name. It's not like I've never mispronounced the name. Brent, who are you talking to, man? From the guy who couldn't pronounce, and I still can't pronounce the Duquinas or whatever university. Duquesne. 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 Yeah, there you go. Kenny Duquesne. I like that, man. It's going to kill Kenny Duquesne shirt going. Hey, you'll never forget it now. Kenny Duquesne. Kenny Duquesne, man. That's got to be a shirt. Listen, man. Duquesne needs to do that. They should do that. Kenny Duquesne? Yeah. Absolutely. What are we talking about here? That would be very smart of them. Yeah, yeah. All right. I always like how you go about your picks. Yes. Did you do some deep dive Duh. research on the players' championship picks? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Listen, if anybody does their due diligence when it comes to golf, you know it's uh, ESPN 69 in the zone, Austin Land. And I refer to myself in the third person <laughs> yes, because because I, that's the first time I think I've done that on the show. And it's talking about golf, so figure. So uh, my favorite to win, I know this guy's super popular, but he's got a great set of hair, nice tan. It looks like he spent some time at the Lemon Bar. We could get some drinks together, obviously pre-COVID. 19. Take that into account. I'm taking Colin Morikawa, Brent, for my favorite. All right. That's a good one. That's a good pick. And as I'm breaking down the pictures here, this is going to be a little more difficult. The (laughs) underdogs. I don't know who's an underdog and who's not an underdog. It really comes down to two guys who just scream salt life with their hairstyles. It's either Mark Hubbard or Matt Jones. Matt Jones has a Jacksonville connection, not the same player as the Jaguars guy. So give me Mark Hubbard. Mark Hubbard rocking this green, green shirt in this profile picture. Very Jacks beachy. Um, hasn't seen a haircut in a couple years. So give me Mark Hubbard. All right. Kuz, uh, you got anybody? So I think I'm going to go uh, Rory McIlroy just because I want to see every golf person pissed off because he'll be a second in a row. Yeah, and for three years have but, the trophy, really. But, but yeah, but then people will try to argue that he didn't win it in back-to-back years. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I want. And then for my um, – for my sleeper, you guys know I'm pretty lazy, so I actually recruited some help here, and uh, I'm going to let this celebrity guest tell me the answer. Hit him with it. Let's go. Oh, is, is, is he on? Hold on, hold on. Wow. Um, uh, unbelievable. Try now. This is like his Better? Austin story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. The, okay. The only option that you can go with for a sleeper that is respectable is Will Zalatoris here. Wow, and, and, and why would you say that, uh, special guest? Uh, he's brand new on the tour. Okay. Nah, 
non-regular golf fans probably don't know much about him. Have you ever heard of this person? Never heard of him, man. He's no. got a, he's he's got got a got, mouthful of the names. So I don't like that already. He's got flow, though. He's got like flow. That. Okay. He's got flow. Uh, he's brand new, like I said. Four top ten so far this year. Yeah. He's just quality. Okay. I'm looking at him right now. Young-looking lad here. That's him. Jack's Beachworthy. Okay, I'm not mad at that. Hair. He's got flowing blonde hair. Yep. Good smile. Okay. So there's my pick. All right, I like it. There you go. Uh, I almost picked the sleeper out of that same grouping, Maverick McNeely, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with the guy that we talked to earlier in the week, guys, Lotto Griffin's been playing really good golf. Listen, well, he hasn't been as of late, late, but he has had uh, during the course of the season and he's played here so many times. Let's go with Lotto Griffin as a sleeper pick for me. But I'm going to go with my favorite pick being Patrick Cantlay, playing with Justin Thomas and Victor Hovland in that first group. Patrick Cantlay will be kind of the least known guy of that, probably the least known buzz of that grouping. Okay. Uh, but look out for him. He's got some good game. Patrick Cantlay would be uh, probably good money if you picked him and won, even as uh, the guy that I think can win this golf tournament, and that's where my pick is going to lie. I'm going to stay away from the big names like the DJs, the Rorys, and everybody else, and I'm going to go that next wave. It's Patrick Cantlay. Hey, real quick, uh, who do you root for? Do you root for guys like Bryson DeChambeau now, or do you not like Bryson DeChambeau? What do you think? No, I mean, I still enjoy Bryson DeChambeau because I've actually heard of him. I know his story a little bit. So, um I root for him like he hasn't given me a reason not to root for the guy. So I'm all aboard the Bryson train. Well, it's interesting, right? Because Tiger and Phil, well, now they're, well, Tiger's out and hurt, and Phil, like, he doesn't look like he's even in contention anymore. It's, it's kind of like, who do people root for right now in the game? Is it the Young Guns? Is it the Morikawa? Is it the Hovland? Is it guys like that? Is it still Rory and DJ and, and Ricky Fowler even, who's won here before? I think uh, that part of it's interesting to kind of find that wave of, okay, we're really pulling for this guy. And I'm not sure that exists. Although, Rory, I really like a lot. And uh, you could certainly put him in that category. Who are you calling for, special guest, real quick? Uh, I like Rory. He likes Rory, okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Rory's a good dude. Seems like I, I really like where Rory's at. He's just a good superstar guy. You know, I like I can appreciate those guys, and I think Rory is that. Uh, all right, man, you got fight night in Orlando yeah. Saturday. Yes, sir. You fully confident? You gonna get it done? Hundred percent confident, man. Gotta be. I put the work in. Now it's time to go have some fun. A cage is just another giant playground for me to have fun on. So I can't wait, man. Hey, how much better are you now than the last time you fought him? Night and day. Really? Honestly, you yeah, seriously have grown that much? Yeah, I uh, and I, I talked about it before a little bit. So my last fight, which was last September, um, that was the first fight where everything kind of fell into place and the game truly slowed down for me. I felt like since my last fight, I took another level um, that I haven't reached before. And then the goal, obviously, is I've done everything the same I did for last fight. So it's experiencing that flow again and having fun doing it. All right, man. Well, good luck. We'll be rooting for Will you, do. thinking about you. Go get it done. Bring back a W for sure. You better believe hey, it. you get the next two days fully off. I kind of gave you most of today off. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> man, it's all good. I got to tell my story. It was, it was a fun day. Uh, thanks to Coos as well. And uh, for Bubba Watson, Brittany Lincecum, Webb Simpson, Paul Tesori, really a great day out here at this All-Star Kids Clinic, the Tesori Family Foundation. They do a terrific job, genuinely nice people as well, and people you can root for. And they do a great job of giving back in their home community right here. Thanks to Sawgrass Country Club for having us. We'll be over at TPC Sawgrass tomorrow. Round one of the Players' Championship on the way. And uh, we'll see you on TV tonight. (laughs) We'll see you on TV. 11.15 on CBS 47, Fox 30. We'll have specials. 15 minutes long starting tonight and uh, going all throughout the rest of the week. Live Local Loud coming up next. Good luck, Austin. Will do. See you.